following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Hi, this is KG Tang, and you're listening to a Toonami Faithful exclusive. folks and welcome to this Toonami Faithful exclusive. Uh, my name is Paul Pascrello and I have a guest with us today. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself sir? Absolutely. Hi guys my name is KG Tang. I'm a voice actor here in Los Angeles, California. All right and thank you for taking the time sir to uh, do an interview with us. I certainly appreciate it. Of course of course man. No and uh, so a lot of people know that you're Joe on uh, Megalobox but we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, <laughs> All right. But um, first question is, is how did you get your start in voice acting? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, about, about 13, 14 years ago, I, I came to Los Angeles and I just sort of wanted to do uh, any sort of acting, really. You know, so I went to school for acting and I was in theater for uh, eight years. And uh, when I first started out here, I, uh, uh, I started doing like on-screen commercials. Like I did like a couple commercials for Garmin GPS, the Discovery Channel. And then one day I sort of fell into this audition for an, uh, a, a kind of like a YouTube podcast show uh, called Anime TV. Mm. Um, and ever since then, uh, uh, after that show, I was uh, called in every once in a while to do background voices for, um, you know, this dubbing companies, this dubbing company that produced the show, their, their shows. And year after year, I, I worked more and more until finally I sat down and was like, maybe I should make a demo and make something of this, you know? Right. Um, and that's how it happened, just slowly but surely. It all kind of fell into place. I, for, I face-planted into the career with blind luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking about anime TV, because uh, mm-hmm. I was actually going to ask you about that, um, that you did with uh, Johnny Young Bosch. Um, uh, how was that to do that show? Oh, a lot of fun. I mean, back then, I didn't know too much about uh, voiceover. Uh, you know, so I'd, I knew Johnny from his work with Power Rangers. Hmm. Uh, Growing up, I watched him on TV. Um, you know, I didn't know he was Bash the Stampede. I didn't know he was all these other characters. I just knew him as the Power Ranger. Um, so I, I, I remember seeing, I almost passed up, um, uh, and it's weird to think about now, because I almost passed up the anime TV audition, because I was like, ah, oh, you know, maybe not too interested. But then I saw that Johnny Ambosh was um, uh, hosting it. So because I was a Power Rangers fan, I became a voice actor, <laughs> somehow tying the two together. Um, but Johnny was, um, uh, John, Johnny is a consummate professional. He's, he's a fantastic, uh, fantastic man, even better, better father. Um, wouldn't want to get into a bar fight with the guy, but uh, a really great dude. Okay. And um, so was voice acting always what you wanted to do, or was that... Um... Did you have like a different career in mind? Um, no, actually, I I didn't uh, set out to be a voice actor at all. I, I just sort of um, uh, you know, I came in, I went to high school. I took a acting class. I took a theater class. I kind of fell in love with it. I did stage acting for eight years, and then I just I knew that um, the most uh, opportunity I could get to do acting was out here in Los Angeles. So uh, I really just came into this blindly, wanting to do any sort of acting that I could get my hands on, and it just happened to fall into voiceover. Okay. 
And um, so for people that don't know who you are, what, what series have you been in? Okay, so like um, for for uh, the world of anime, um, you may know me uh, from Kill a Kill. Uh, uh, I've been in shows like Bungo Stray Dogs, uh, Berserk, Fate Stay Night, Doraemon, Seven Deadly Sins, uh, among uh, a slew of others, and that's that's for anime. Um, for video games, if uh, you play a lot of games, you might know me as O Wayne from Fire Emblem, or just recently Detective Pikachu and Detective Pikachu, uh, and titles such as that. What, what do you think of uh, Ryan Reynolds doing uh, Detective oh, Pikachu? Oh, man, I'm so psyched about it. <laughs> I'm really psyched about it. Like, I thought it was a weird choice at first, but then I watched the trailer, and, I had, and it, was, it was just so good. It was so pleasing to the eyes. Um, my, my hype level for this movie just shot through the roof. And, you know, Ryan Reynolds is a fantastic actor. He's going to put so many butts into seats. You know, kids love him. I mean, they're, they're really setting this movie up for success. So I, I couldn't be happier with the casting of Ryan Reynolds as Detective Pikachu. Okay. And uh, speaking of Kill a Kill, you were the Mohawk guy in Kill a Kill? Yeah, Tsumuku. Tsumuku Kinagase, uh, Mohawk guy. <laughs> Can you do a little bit of his voice? There are two things you need to know. One, I smoke where I want. Two, clothes suck. I don't know. <laughs> I forgot his lines. But uh, yeah, he's, um, he, he's really, he's an interesting character. And uh, I don't know if... Um, you saw, but uh, they introduced uh, uh, the fact that he'll be playable along with his uh, uh, his uh, life partner friend in their DTR mecha suit in the fighting game coming out. So I'm really excited about that. That is pretty cool. Um, are they doing? Do you know if they're doing a dub for that at all? Or they did announce an English dub. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so that'll be good. I'm sure oh, Alex cool. will. Uh, is Alex directing that at all? Or um i believe so yes wonderful you alex is a good friend of ours so oh really yeah alex is a great guy um love to talk movies with him he goes on for hours and hours and hours so oh uh, but it's a great <laughs> kind of going on you know <laughs> yes it is <laughs> so um speaking of series that you've been in um i think a lot of people don't know but you were actually um part of dragon ball super the tsunami asia version that bang zoom did and uh yeah, you played vegeta yeah. How, yeah. how was that? And can you give us a little taste of your Vegeta from that dub? How dare you call upon the principal Saiyans in this Earth voiceover interview? Um, <laughs> it's it's it, it was it was it was uh, uh, crazy. It, it's you know I, I I've been a fan of this medium for um, you know uh, going on my entire life at this point. You know, and it's been about thirty five years. Uh, so I I grew up with Dragon Ball. Um, so when someone approaches you uh, with the question of, hey, would you like to voice this character for a set amount of episodes for this, you know, this foreign um, region that uh, doesn't have anything to do with the U.S. Um, uh, uh, broadcast? And I was like, of, of course, you know, who, who would turn that down? It's such a it's such an amazing uh, experience to, you know, hear the the three beeps going down and then delivering your first line as freaking Vegeta. Um, I consider it one of the more memorable experiences of uh, of me doing this. Um, just just because he's he's such an amazing character, and I've I've grown up with his character for for so many years. So it was um, it was a real pleasure and a real honor, and one I'm I'll never forget. So did you? So you only did like a certain amount of episodes. There wasn't like any. Was there any like attempt to do more or? Do you so know? we were. Uh, I believe we were contracted to do uh, the first. Uh, uh arc so up until the end of golden frieza hmm. um 
And then afterwards, uh, I mean, that's all they really ordered. So that's all we gave them. Uh, as as <laughs> I don't I don't know anything else uh, beyond that. But if they ever want to finish the finish the show, we're all available. Hmm. Okay. And uh, did did you did you know that it was going to be on Toonami Asia, or was that kind of something you found out after? Oh no, I, I did find out. In fact, that uh, it was going to be on Toonami Asia, which really made me excited because uh, I, I have some family in that part of the world, you know. So uh, it's so rare that I can share my work and my life with uh, family members overseas. But in this instance, it was one case where I was like, "Hey, maybe you guys can watch a thing I'm in," you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of sad that it left, but you know. Toonami Asia was yeah, kind of, I think it was kind of an experiment, so. Yeah. There's a lot of us around here that want a Toonami channel, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of other voice roles, you're currently playing Joe on Megalobox. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, sir. And so, how did that all come about? Um, so for Megalobox, uh, I was actually, uh, it's one of those cases where I had seen uh, the show previously um, before I even knew that it was going to be up for uh, 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 casting and audition here in Los Angeles. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm, I've been familiar with the uh, Ashton no Joe series. Of course, it's, it's such an iconic uh, uh, classic. Um, and I thought it was so, so nice that they were doing a 50th anniversary project um, uh, in regards to Ashton No Joe. And when I first saw Megalobox um, uh, on Crunchyroll, I was blown away by, by the art style they chose to go with. You know, that, that really, that kind of late 90s, early 2000s, you see like a thatch, the thatching in the background of the artwork. It's, it was so, um, it it, it hit that nostalgia button just right, and I, I fell in love, and I love, love the soundtrack, and I just thought it was a very, very strong show, and um, uh, imagine my surprise when I saw auditions for it go out. So at the very least, you know, uh, watching it had prepared me with some homework <laughs> in advance before uh, taking a jab at the, at the audition. Right. So what's it been like playing Joe, seeing the journey of the character as he's become like this champion caliber person? Yeah, so Joe is um, is a really interesting character, and and I say that because you know, uh, you you watch the show and you realize we know nothing about this dude. You know, we don't know where he comes from. We don't know what his ideology is. We don't know what happened to him that made him want to achieve this thing so badly, right? And and it, it's it's kind of beautiful because it almost doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's you see the lengths that lengths that he'll go to to complete his struggle to to complete his um his dream. And that tells you more about the guy than the, the reasons that drive him ever good, you know. And um, Joe, he could have very easily been this very cold, very standoffish, you know, um, you know that that trope in anime, the, the silent protagonist, like the kind of cool whatever dude. But he, he's not that, you know. He's got jokes sometimes. He's He's got like this weird snide sense of humor. I mean, you see that life's burdened him a great deal, but he, it it hasn't gone to the length that he's closed his heart. You know, um, he, he develops this real friendship with, with the people who help him along the way. And I think that's um, that's that's beautiful. And I, I love his journey. And I and I love I know I know even, well, I don't want to talk about the ending of the show just in case there's spoilers. But um, I, I was a fan of the story t- telling all the way through. And uh, he's he's a fantastic character. OK, and, and 
obviously this show's on Toonami. So what, what's your thoughts of it being on the on Toonami? <laughs> I mean, I, I really like it. You know, I, I was one of those kids who, who grew up watching Toonami uh, after school. So uh, to, to, to be on the platform and <clears throat> to have a show like Megalobox uh, be on Toonami is, is very special and, and one that I, I won't forget anytime soon. Um, you know, I try to catch it every week, and um, uh, it's it's always it's always a, a pleasure hearing um, Steve Bloom introduce the show before every broadcast. You know, it's a hits those nostalgia buttons again, really just right. Yeah, and um, speaking of Toonami, do you do you think that Toonami has had an effect on the anime industry as a whole? Um, yeah, absolutely. Toonami has been uh, vital, uh, pivotal in making anime more mainstream. I mean, like you think Toonami and immediately anime comes to mind, you know, uh, it's, it, it's played a huge part in the fact that, you know, more and more in mainstream culture, you'll hear the word pop up. There are TV shows out that, that blatantly just like, just talk about it, like as if it was an everyday thing. Um, and I think that's great. I think the more people are exposed to the medium, the more it can mature, its culture can mature here in the West. And uh, the more it'll be taken seriously as, as not, not only an art, art form, but a, a real, you know, real uh, kind of um, uh, sellable and, and uh, um, uh, profitable uh, entertainment medium. Hmm. So are there, there any shows that you're in or any shows in general that you would want to see on Toonami? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, so I right now I'm I'm there's a show called Food Wars out and oh, it's yes. not for everyone. Oh, yeah, I know. I know it's, it's not for everyone. There's some uh, there's some fan service stuff in it. But um, as a foodie, I really appreciate the fact that everything they cook on the show, you can replicate in real life. That's so cool. You know, it's it, the way I pitch it to people is like take your um, average kind of like shonen protagonist, you know, fight dudes get stronger, fight dudes get stronger um, thing. Mm -hmm. And you apply it to, you apply it to cooking. And that's what Food Wars is, you know? You know, the, the, the main protagonist keeps taking on more and more uh, capable chefs and he develops his own style of cooking. And it's really fun to watch for foodies because they, they you can tell the amount of um, care and money that went into every kind of food porn shot. And I appreciate that <laughs> as a foodie. Uh, so if I, I could if I could slap a show on on like um, the two a.m. slot of Toonami or something, I, I would put Food Wars on there. Okay. Any other shows that you would want to see on there? Um, man, you know, uh, I will I will self promote a little bit. I, I'd love to see a show like Bungo Stray Dogs hit Toonami. I think that'd be a really fun show um, to put up. Those are definitely two shows that people have been asking for. So, I think yeah, and, and hit it, the mark. <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. I'd love to see Bungo, not just because I voice Dazai, but because I, you know, I think it's a, a very solid, very uh, entertaining, and just a, 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 a great show, um, like writing wise. And um, I think it, uh, you know, it, it's got the, the whole kind of action superpower aspect, so it, it'd be a really great fit on Toonami, I feel. Okay. Um, so just before we we uh, end this interview, a couple two questions. Um, what what would you suggest to people that are trying to get into voice acting? What what's your is there anything that you would suggest that they do or what's your best advice? Uh so I uh I would say that any sort of theatrical experience is very helpful. 
um, theater is is a very all around general boost to anyone's sort of acting repertoire. Um, the the skills you learn in theater are applicable to almost any medium of acting, whether it be on camera, stage, of course, um, voice over. Um, it, it just sort of helps refine all the instruments you really need in this job. Uh, other than that, I'd say, uh, like anyone else would say, move to where the jo uh, jobs are, move to where the work is. That's Los Angeles, that's Texas, that's New York. Um, there are some places in Canada that, that do good work. You know, um, I, I would suggest, maybe it's biased to me because I live here, but Los Angeles does provide huge opportunities in not only anime, um, in Western cartoons, video games, audio books, audio description, um, a promo work, a narration, all, all, all the great stuff we, we've got here. So uh, L.A. is uh, pretty high on the list of places you should move to pursue this. Um, it's, it's, it's not for everyone. It's very hard. The paychecks are not um, anywhere close to uh, stable. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's kind of a difficult job to make a living at for the first 10 or so years. But if you get in good with the folks here they're they're all great folks they're all super friendly um we we build each other up instead of tear each other down voiceover is a pretty tight-knit community um you know i've been a part of the uh, on-screen community too uh, but voiceover definitely feels more like a family um so uh, once you once you get in once you make friends uh, uh it's it, it's hard to leave the business because everyone's just so nice um but but if you're trying to break in the most important thing i would say is don't give up a lot of folks give up because, you know, they, they, they work for 10 years and nothing happens, right? Well, uh, the, the old mantra here is, you know, if you're working even semi-regularly after 10 years, you're an overnight success. That's just how long it takes, you know? Right. Um, there are thousands of people, uh, tens of thousands of people, uh, maybe more than that, trying to do the exact same thing you want to do here. So competition's pretty rough. But uh, if you stick it out, you put in your work, you put in your hours, you get better, people will start to notice. Things will happen, you know? Um, word will get around that you're good at your job, and there's nothing casting folks like better than someone who's good at their job. Uh, so, yeah, uh, please give it a shot. If It's your dream. It's your passion. It's it's a really fun job, and I would recommend it. Though, uh, weird, as, as weird as it's going to sound, as hard as, as it is making a living at voiceover, it's going to be one of the last jobs taken by the robots so <laughs> if you do come <laughs> you, you you might get some you might get some weird job security after enough years you know what i'm saying like while right. everyone else is losing the yeah you're like oh wow i voiceover job security not something you'd think of <laughs> not something well, you put together in your head i mean you could probably voice the robots too that's yeah hey, there <laughs> yeah, you see? go there you go there you go <laughs> so um so is there any any projects coming up that you can talk about that you want to promote uh, yeah, so um, we're we. I just uh, finished recording for um, this show called "The Record of Grand Crest War," and that's going to be coming out soon. Um, I uh, the the Division Two is out, um, so right now you can commit some heinous violence on me. I'm like a bunch of bad guys in that game. Um, so if you didn't like this interview or you just hate my face, pick up a copy of the Division Two and uh, <laughs> and uh, and show me your displeasure in game. <laughs> Okay. And uh, where can they find you on social media so they can follow you and whatnot? Yeah, of course. So I, I, I more or less live on Twitter. Um, so you can find me at, uh, at KG Tang. Um, I'm 
also KG Tang on Instagram, though I don't use it as much as I probably should. I just sort of post a cat picture or a food picture every once in a while. So, you know, bear with me. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, I'll, I, I, I respond uh, fairly often on Twitter. I like interacting with folks. So poke me there. Uh, we'll have a conversation. Well, thank you, sir, for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time out. And uh, oh, Absolutely, man. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and uh, thank you, and uh, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.